cried on the beat, would you get the memo? If I literally bled over the instrumental, would you feel my pain? Relate to my story, revere my name. I'm ashamed myself it took this long. Who need you to tell me what I did wrong? Don't talk about potential. High school at 12, I know about potential. And as the years flew Welcome by... Welcome to a guest in the house podcast. I am one of your hosts, Mickey Hess. Peace, 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 peace. Trom Diggs, David Shanks here in isolation. Yeah, we are two states apart. I am in the Garden State, New Jersey, South Jersey, right outside of Philly. Yes, and I am located in the uh, beautiful Laurel, Maryland today. Ooh, good weather down there? Very nice, very nice. A little overcast today, but it's it's been a picturesque week. Oh, it's been nice here too. It's, it's good to be able to step outside when you're stuck at home. Very true. And we're like almost in full bloom here. We've got the uh, little... Um, they're not cherry blossoms, but I guess the white blossoms here and, and you know, everything's kind of early spring, man. Early That's a good spring. time for hip hop, right? Yeah, early spring yeah. releases. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, being on lockdown is a good time for hip hop as well, apparently. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how is it? Uh, how's it going for you all together? It's pretty ominous looking out here and feeling. Yeah, you know, I've tried to get off the news. It's really hard to tear myself away from it because uh, uh, there's just, you're constantly looking for the next development, right? They're doing field hospitals out on the West Coast in yeah. places. Yeah. Just that term field hospital, that sounds like the Civil War time. Right, right. But I, I'm trying to back away from it, not be quite as obsessive about the news. Yeah, I got in a little like a hour and a half or so in last night. And I said, I must put this down. I got completely yeah. freaked out. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's completely freaked out. Um, you know, it's not so much. I mean, you know, they're like, it's like the scary, scary, scary virus thing. Scary, scary. You're going to get the virus. And I'm not really tremendously concerned about like the virus itself. It's more so the adjustment um, that, that's going to come during and post in terms of life as we sure. once knew it uh, I'm, I'm pretty convinced that things are going to be different and that this is definitely the ushering in of some things that um you I know think so my old ass at this point um <laughs> was not, not exactly ready for i mean i guess the kids have already kind of been um social distancing themselves as um you know by default, but uh, I'm, I'm, this whole like do everything from your phone thing is going to be definitely a change for me. And it looks like, um, and it's going to be hard to come back from I can't, for a lot of industries. I can't see a lot of hospitality industries, no. travel industries, um, mainly restaurants and um, retail. You know, even construction is shut down in Pennsylvania now. Yeah. I have a friend in Philly who just got his contractor's license, his OSHA certification. Like he's oh, got built this business, and right. today, I think midnight tonight, no more construction. Wow! Imagine, wow! Yeah. yeah so I, I, you know, I unfortunately I foresee a lot of um, smaller businesses, you know, that cannot make the transition you know, they're going to suffer. Yeah. And that's unfortunate. And artists too. I mean, musicians. And artists, absolutely. Um, you can't tour right now. No. 
And I'm sure our listeners know that musicians these days aren't making the bulk of their money, if any money, sometimes off of streams. I bear witness. Yeah. <laughs> and if you can't tour, if the clubs are shut down, um, it's hard to get even the word out on your music to people. That's how you continue to build a fan base sometimes. And you unless, bring in a little more. Unless you're a little Uzi Vert. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, he's had years to build that name before this new release. Very true. Very true. But, but there's, you know, that, um, that luxury of staying away for two, three, four years and dropping a release yeah. and doing, you know, 300,000 or 200,000 or 400,000, those are reserved for a very small few. You know, we're talking, you know, J. Cole, <laughs> Lil Wayne, mm -hmm. and I guess now Lil Uzi Vert and Kendrick Lamar. You know what I mean? It's, very, yeah. it's a handful of guys who can take a break, come back and do the numbers um, streaming-wise and purchase-wise. The rest of, um, you know, the rest of of us have to get on the road in some way, shape, or form. So folks so, just um, kind of getting their career off the ground, you know, they're, they got to worry about sustaining that momentum. Absolutely. Without absolutely. being out in front of crowds. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, um, man, you know, and the guy who just got hot, who just got like a, you know, a hot single and he's ready to go out. And it's like, it's all, it's all on hold now. So, I mean, I would encourage our listeners to um, definitely stream some, some hip hop, man. Um, yeah. Or, you know, whatever it is you're into. Um, preferably you're um, independent artists. I mean, you know, I, I think some of these guys will be okay, but um, your independent artists, your favorite independent artists. Yeah, man. Buy a mixtape, you know, um, buy a t-shirt. Um, uh, Stream some music. You know, Bandcamp uh, actually has forfeited some of the company's proceeds at Bandcamp right now. If you go to Bandcamp, more of the money goes straight to the artist. Correct, correct, correct. And um, I would be remiss if I didn't encourage everyone to um, check out some Trom Diggs music. I mean, you know, um, Trom Diggs is on Bandcamp. Trom Diggs is at um, 623ENT.com. Um, Gas Lab and Trom Diggs uh, music. Gas Lab just put out a new album. So um yeah, if you know if you want to support, if you wanna um, help out the artist community, uh you might as well start with me. I don't have any problem with that. <laughs> How is Gas Lab doing? How are things down in South America where he is? Um he's on lockdown too. Uh okay. last I seen he's just, you know, doing what we do in 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 home studio making mm -hmm. music. <laughs> the home studio making music man but yeah shout out to gas lab shout out to all of my um artists colleagues uh rude boy Alus, uh jabari is not turn up mm. as is all my partners uh verbal uh text one um my brother's dom all, all of my artist friends man and if you're looking to read anything about hip-hop you can find most of the stuff I've written on Google Books. Google Scholar will take you to it. If you just Google my name, you can find a lot of it to read for free. For sure. Um, yeah, it's most of it's out there. You can find it if you dig around a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Google Mickey Hess, you know, and Google Charm Diggs and just, yeah. you know, 
Check us out. You got time. You got time. That's true. <laughs> yeah. So what have you been listening to down there in Maryland? Ah, the question. The question. question. So how well, do you pass this time at home? What kind I guess, of hip-hop is out there for you? I guess we can get into um, this brand new um, J Electronica mm-hmm. project. Um, we can start with that. The um, quote-unquote debut album mm-hmm. from um, J Electronica, the long-awaited debut album. A written testimony. Um, so... Started checking that out um, probably for like a little week now. And you had to turn me on to it because, I uh, as I mentioned, you know, ever since the dog pound, way back, kept promising this album and pushing back the release date for their debut album. And then when it finally released, I was just pretty disappointed at it. I thought it was it, all right. Dog food? No, the dog pound album. What was, I thought the name of their first album was, was that the first album? You may be right, actually. Yeah, I, that's it. That's it. Yeah, their first album. Um, it kept getting pushed back for so long. By the time it came out, I kind of was let down. You so you were let something down that by held the off forever. Band? I was, I was. I love that album. Really? Yeah. See, I felt like I've been teased along for so long. That I was expecting something just mind blowing. I could see that though, and it didn't quite that. deliver. But I'm 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 a corrupt fan, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Corrupt's my guy. But I felt like you know when you turned me on to this G Electronica, I hadn't rushed out to listen to it, but I was very pleasantly surprised. Mm. Um, and you know I've always loved the G Electronica stuff I've heard way back, but it's just been so long in the making and so long waiting for this album to release. Yes, I'd sort of run out of enthusiasm for it right. and I didn't rush out to listen to it. Right. 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 And I did not with much anticipation, I would say. Mm. Just, you know, um and this will be an interesting segue probably getting back to conversations that we've had on previous episodes about kind of um following the music Mm -hmm. versus kind of the culture and being like in the culture versus being a fan of the music. So I think from my end or from my perspective, it was just like J Electronica is this like figure in our culture Mm -hmm. beyond him being like an MC who puts out music because he doesn't, he's turned himself into like a part of our culture. So culturally speaking, I had to take the album in. Yeah. You know, whereas maybe, you know, you didn't feel that kind of, uh, What's the word? Duty, I guess. (laughs) I could see that. And, you know, I've definitely got a bias against like the year's biggest releases. Yeah. It's rare that that's what I'm personally most excited to hear. Yeah. So even though this one kind of sneaked up on us, I was kind of like, well, I'll listen to that later. But no, I think it's a great album. And then coming from the perspective that you're coming from Mm -hmm. versus the perspective I'm coming from, I think that 
I received it different. Hmm. Okay. So it's okay. <laughs> oh, so you're not a huge fan, really? It's okay. Okay. It's okay. Wow. I'm not I'm not hugely impressed at all. Really? No. No. Wow, okay. No. No. In fact, I think what happens is and this is probably more of a um MC lyricist take. Mm-hmm. But I don't appreciate ever like trying to be made a fool of. And I think to release this and tell me that this is Jay Electronica's debut album is, you know, like you're trying to pull one off over on me and I don't appreciate that. Like this is not your debut album. This is not a debut album from an elite MC like this. You know what I mean? Like it's just, this is a collection of songs that were put together over a short period of time, completed and set and just put out. That's what this okay. is. I see what you know you're what I mean? Yeah. And it, it it needed Jay-Z to do that. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. He's what, 40% of the album? 40% of the verses? Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he this is not only is he you know, sharing the load yeah. pretty much in half. But his performance to me, you know, I don't know what the album is without his performances. Um it's true. I'm I'm be a short album. I'm very impressed, you know. I'm very impressed by Jay-Z, you know, at 50 years old, still you know, with this kind of output and this kind of quality of output, you know what I mean? And so that further makes Jay Electronica look funny in the light to me a little bit. Ooh, it okay. just, it just, it just does. If I'm going to be completely honest, because I just, he kind of rode, he rode the wave, man. He let, he let Jay-Z kind of do the Jay-Z thing and he kind of just rode out the wave. I don't think he, you know, really locked in, you know, as a lyricist with something to prove would lock in, but clearly he has nothing to prove and that's fine too. So so going back to an earlier debut album yeah, that had a heavy feature on it from another artist. I've always understood that Raekwon was not thrilled initially to have Ghostface on so much of his first album, only but for Cuban links. Now I've never heard, I've never heard that take, but let's, let's, let's explore that because that's an interesting conversation and one that I've had with a couple friends. Um, Yeah. I understood he came around to the idea, but initially his reaction was, wait a second, this is my debut. Right. You know, why is this guy on the album cover with me? Why is this guy on most of the tracks with me? Right. Right. No, I, I could totally see that happening now. One. Yeah. That's one of the greatest albums. Yeah, it's a good album. Uh, right? So, yes, it's Raekwon's debut album. It pretty much guest stars Ghostface. Sure. Ghostface. I mean, it says guest starring on the yeah, It cover, does. Right? Well, there's one. They didn't, they didn't trick us. That we knew true. Ghostface was going to be all over the album. One, we didn't have any real expectations of Ghostface prior to only built for Cuban links. I mean, his no. verse is on... Uh, 36 chambers were were fine they were cool sure. 
he started the album he had the first verse wasn't one of the standouts coming out of 36 chambers you know what i mean no one was like you know he had a mystique and it was like ghostface and that was just cool in of itself but you know the guys were kind of meth you know dirty deck and ray i would say and then of course obviously genius but um so i think uh ghostface performance on cuban links caught a lot of us off guard and we were you know super thrilled <laughs> about yeah, that sure. right then but i don't i mean you could argue that he shined maybe a little brighter than Raekwon. One could argue that. I've heard that argument. But I don't think anyone, you know, because there's still Knowledge God, there's still um, Incarcerated Scarface. Like, there's classic records on that album that are just Raekwon. Definitely. So there's enough on there. And then everything he's on with Ghostface, he's Raekwon. Like, it's not, Mm. you know what I mean? And that album, coming out of that album, he was immediately thrust into, like, upper tier of lyricists and MCs, both of them really, right? So that's different to me than this. It was two guys coming out at the same time. In the same group. group, but In the same group. It wasn't rap's biggest superstar. No, lending his (laughs) talents Mm -hmm. to someone's debut album. You know what I mean? In fact, starting the album. Little different. Yeah. yeah. Little different. One, two, mm. this this doesn't rank anywhere remotely close to only built for Cuban links. Yeah, know? I would agree with you there. Yeah, this isn't the best album that came out this month. If um I my my memory is serving me and Royce Five Nine's album did come out this same month. So Yeah, yeah within a few weeks, definitely. Yeah. So uh, you know. So you, you had sent me something a couple other people had shared with me too, and this was uh, Peter Rosenberg's Peter comments. Rosenberg. And I'm sure here we, we, you and I were probably both coming from a different perspective too. <laughs> I, I think it's been a while since I saw an album so full of references to Minister Louis Farrakhan. Correct. Correct. If that element of the album felt like it was coming straight out of like 91 yes. or so. Yes. And I mean, that the big takeaway from this is that it is a Nation of Islam album. It sure. is a, you know what I mean? It is a uh, strong stance for mm. Farrakhan, um, which, like you said, we haven't heard in quite some time so that 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 didn't fall i didn't miss that point so, okay you know for that alone i knew you I didn't to, i have to rate it you know what yeah. i mean a certain yeah. kind of way, just for that for that alone but with that yeah and i didn't know we were going to get into that now i thought we were tabling that but that's fine we're gonna save that one and no it's organic okay it's organic i got it's you organic. so let's go um what did you think about that yeah, I mean, Peter Rosenberg is not wrong. Um, I can certainly see how, how these lyrics would uh, be interpreted as anti-Semitic. Well, it's never wrong when you feel a way. So, you know, uh, we never, we never want to, you know, tell people that they're not allowed to feel 
yeah. a certain way. So Peter Rosenberg um, took exception to um, lyrics on the album. Um, From on the ghost of soldier slim mm-hmm. now originally he misquote well he, he quoted the wrong song he actually the right lyrics but the wrong source the wrong song well, no completely he was quoting he was attempting to quote lyrics from the new album but um he ended up quoting lyrics from another song better in tune with um the infinite mm where he made reference to the synagogue of Satan as well. I guess um, Rosenberg had not known that, um, <laughs> that he had done this more than once. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you have the lyric by any chance? The lyric is, making sure I got the right one. My feet might fail me. My heart might ail me. The synagogues of Satan might accuse or jail me. See, now that's from Better in Tune with the Infinite. Mm-hmm. That song is probably... That's the one Rosenberg initially quoted. Correct. Because yeah. I guess he just Googled J Electronic. I guess he felt mm-hmm. how he felt and he just Googled the um, J Electronica lyric and it came out. That lyric came up. Yeah. So he ran with that lyric, but that wasn't the lyric. <laughs> the so lyric. the right line is the synagogue of Satan want me to hang by my collar. Correct. Mm. Correct. Correct. After he said, um, what did he say? Because I found it to be um, a pretty interesting lyric. Um, better off, child. I get a bang for my dollar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the synagogue of Satan wants to hang hang me from the collar. You know that's uh, I think reference to his alleged um, love affair with um, one of the uh, Rothschild heirs. That's right. Yeah. So um, yeah, Rosenberg um, took offense. I'm gonna try and find these tweets unless you have them. Yeah, Perfect. yeah, I got them in front of me here. Yeah, Jay Electronica's initial response was clout chasing at an all-time high. Clout chasing us at an all-time high. And I think that's doing part because he's had these, um, I guess he's had conversations regarding those lyrics. Sure. Rosenberg, because um, I'm pretty sure they have a relationship yeah um just through you know underground hip-hop and things like that and peter rosenberg is definitely like a champion for um for underground hip-hop and so i i'm pretty sure they 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 have a relationship in some way shape or form and then Jay Electronica said that he'd be willing to hold a discussion in a public forum on the synagogue of Satan and its meaning with any scholars of theology you would like to bring. See, that's what I'm here for. Yeah. You understand? That's all I'm here for. I want to know. <laughs> I want to hear a real conversation regarding this because it's one thing to be um, offended. And again, like I said, I'm with it. Be offended. Mm-hmm. Um, but can we have a conversation? You know what I mean? And 
um, an honest conversation, you know, kind of like the conversations we do. Now, Peter Rosenberg also um, reacted to, I think, some of the, um, man, mm-hmm. some of the backlash to his issue. You oh, know, yeah. a, a lot of, um, a lot of, I guess, black Twitter basically kind of telling him to shut up, you know? <laughs> yeah, one quote from Rosenberg is, it's no person's job from another group to tell another group when they should be offended. Mm-hmm. In the climate that we're in now, I found it dangerous and hurtful, just as Jewish hip-hop had. People wanted to come for me and villainize me for having feelings about my own group. And when he says the climate that we're in now, of course, we've seen a huge spike in anti-Semitic rhetoric and anti-Semitic hate crimes in the past four years since the election of Donald Trump. Um, The broader context in history, I mean... I said I hadn't really heard a lot of albums dedicated to Farrakhan to this extent. It yeah. sounds a little more like early 90s, late 80s, um, right there at that 1990-91 spot. But, you know, the, the discussion of hip-hop, of Black-Jewish relations has kind of fallen by the wayside over the years as well. It hasn't been a real hot topic just recently, the Correct. way it was around that same era. Correct. Correct. Oh, that's around the time when... um. Professor Griff got himself silenced. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's right. I think uh, Bernie Sanders may have forgotten about that. Uh, if he ever knew about it, right? <laughs> I don't think. They got Flav out of there in public enemy recently, but uh, forgot that they let Griff back in. Correct. And now that riff was in re- regards to this um, quotes, I believe, that came from the book, The Secret Relationship Between Blacks and Jews, which is mm-hmm. a publication from the uh, NOI, from mm-hmm. the Nation of Islam. Yeah. And um, it traces, um, or it does research, traces and makes, um, what is the word? Allegations? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think. Um, even indictments against the... Um, you know, individuals um, sure. in the Jewish community and their relationship with uh, slavery and just um, things throughout history. Sure. And so a lot of what the rhetoric that comes out of the Nation of Islam in regards to the synagogue of Satan also has to do with that and also comes from a quote in the Bible in um revelation which is a quote that was you know that was brought up during the tweets i believe actually ebro from um hot 97 mm-hmm. who else the morning show there who's um who would be peter rosenberg's um co-worker and colleague and also um a um biracial brother who is um half jewish i believe um and he um Put that quote up from Revelation, which um, I guess Revelation 3 verses 9, King's James Version. Um, Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet and to know that I have loved thee. So that is kind of the premise for where the synagogue of Satan comes from, from my non-expert, non-NOI um, viewpoint so um there are these imposter jews Mm. who 
use who hide under the religion, the veil of the religion, to do um, very unsavory things in the world. Okay. And so that is really the basis for the synagogue of Satan. So from J. Electronica and from the Nation of Islam's viewpoint, it is not a indictment on Jews or Semitic people. It is speaking of a particular group of individuals who under the veil of being Jewish are in their minds evil. Yeah, okay. It see that was a a context in history that I personally was not aware of for this phrase synagogues of Satan. Right. Well, you know, that's yeah. what I'm here for. <laughs> that's what you're here for. <laughs> And so I, I'm a soup, you know, and I mm. think that that conversation is one that should be had, but I don't know that it will be, you know, the, the notion of being anti-Semitic is so heavy mm-hmm. that, um, you know, it's, 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 it's a tough one. It's usually one that, um, very few people are, um, willing to take on sure it's just like the knee-jerk reaction so many white folks have to someone saying you know i found your remark racist right you know white people tend to clutch their pearls and say oh my god i'm the least racist person you can ever imagine and then they list like all their interactions with black people over the past 10 years (laughs) my cousin's sister my cousin's girlfriend is black so how could i be racist correct but you know I'm surprised that Rosenberg doesn't know that Mm. with all of the hip hop that he consumes and, you know, has consumed for the, you know, what he says is most of his life. And in, and in particular, the artists that he um, touts as his favorites, Uh, you know, I don't know that Wu-Tang has ever said the synagogue of Satan in their mm. music, but there are plenty um, references to um, the black man as the um, original Hebrew or <laughs> you sure. know, um, the lost tribe of Shabazz or the 12 tr- tribes of Judah. And there's, there's all kinds of references within um, hip hop, particularly, like you said, that era of the 90s yeah. and beyond. And that's what this album opens with. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And um, Kendrick Lamar's last album, Damn, mm-hmm. is pretty much the same thing. Um, he doesn't get into yeah. synagogue of Satan and things of that nature, but um, the theme of it is that we, we the black people um, of North America and um, South America and the Caribbean, are the descendants of the children of Israel. Mm. So, you know, that that gets into, um, I think, the conversations that we've been having uh, in terms of what makes people in general and maybe white people specifically uncomfortable about hip hop 
and should hip hop care? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I thought it was interesting that Rosenberg framed it in terms of groups. Again, Mm. that quote, no person's job from another group to tell another group when they should be offended. Um, So we've got like in-group commentary and out-group commentary. And you definitely provided more context to that phrase, synagogues of Satan, that I was not aware of, as I said. Yeah. And I can certainly see if you don't know where that phrase is coming from. It sounds like it's headed into very negative territory. Um, 100%. 100%. No question about it. I, like I said, I'm surprised Rosenberg didn't know that. But... Um, and even if he did, that doesn't mean he shouldn't be offended. Sure. <laughs> and, and maybe the context doesn't even entirely excuse it. Um, that's, yeah, that's a complete matter of opinion. That's why I said I'm here for the debate. Yeah. I would love to know. Um, I'm, I know that just from what I know about the nation of Islam mm. that Jay Electronica is probably prepared to have that conversation. I don't they invited know, the theologians. Cor- I, I, correct. And I don't know that outside of feeling mm. a way about it, that Peter Rosenberg is ready to have that conversation. I don't know that he's, um, studied enough in that to really have that conversation with the nation of Islam. Now, whether he's offended or not has nothing to do with having that conversation. But if he wants to invite Jay Electronica to have that conversation, I don't know that he's ready to have that conversation. I I wonder, depending on where the conversation goes, if, uh, if Rosenberg were to get into some Jewish scripture, for example, you think Jay would be ready to follow him there? Um, I don't know if that Rosenberg is ready to get into something. Okay, <laughs> maybe Rosenberg's not ready. I'm to banking. Get I'm banking okay. on that. <laughs> but yeah, I guess I guess the point I'm getting at is, um, is you know this group idea, the in group versus out group, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, on, on a recent episode of our podcast, I had mentioned finding some remarks that Tony Morrison made back in the early '90s to be, you know, to embody some racial essentialism. Um, okay. She was describing some stereotypes about black people and embracing those stereotypes in a way that if a white person were doing it, I think would offend a lot of people. Now, I obviously, agree. though. I agree. That was in <laughs> reference to um, Bill Clinton. Being Bill Clinton calling in the first black president saying, yeah. you know, well, he comes from a single parent household, loves McDonald's, yeah. et cetera, right? Yeah. Um, it was embodying some really racist stereotypes of African-American people. Yeah. I think that was a fair um, critique. But at the same time, um, I'm just this white professor calling out Toni Morrison for (laughs) her embracing of some black stereotypes. That smacks of a lot of bad race history right there. Um, Is it my job to ever critique Toni Morrison? My answer to that before was, well, when I made the comment, I was standing in front of my small group of 20, 25 students in the classroom. And as a professor, it was absolutely my job. Um, If I were standing in line at Wendy's and heard somebody make the same comment, I would not be in the position to speak up. Correct. And would not speak up. 
Correct. So yeah, Correct. the in group out group thing is is a tricky one. Yeah. Well, there's one tweet from um, Rosenberg. He says, uh, my week in a nutshell, me, some of this rhetoric and language makes me feel uncomfortable as a Jew. 95% of Twitter replies, shut up, Jew. You're not even a real Jew. You have no right to even say anything culture vulture Jew. <laughs> think I was worried. Now that gets into a, 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 a interesting space and I'll never get confirmation on this from Rosenberg because I don't know him and we'll probably never have a conversation. Sure. But I'm curious to know, as someone who's championed mm-hmm. for hip-hop, as someone who's championed for Jay Electronica, someone who has kind of rolled this wave, he still does his like Sunday night underground show where, you know, he has like, um, you know, name your guy, name your underground guy up there and he's highly, you know, and that, mm-hmm. that's a big deal. Yeah. On, on terrestrial radio to still, you know, have that outlet. So, um, you know, his contribution is, is to be saluted. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure based on that contribution, he has certain expectations or certain, how can I explain? He must have expected a certain degree of support mm-hmm. when he felt something was um, offensive to him or that he needed to speak out on something that was specific to his group. And I think Twitter is not the venue to find Well, well that that's support. one. That's right. one. That's one, right? Two, that leads me to think about you know, everything that we talk about on this show. Mm. Being a guest in the house, doing your part to um, spread the culture, spread awareness to keep the pillars of the culture um, intact. Is there a point where you feel that you transcend being a guest. I think Peter Rosenberg is having his um, quote unquote, come to Jesus moment right now. (laughs) Realizing that you get too familiar. I'm still just a white boy and that's how they see me. Mm. And I wonder, like I said, he'll never express it to me, but I wonder what he really feels about that now, because I don't think he thought the response would be, what it was, which was, we don't care how you feel. So you're right. When you spend enough time working with something, working within a culture, even at the fringes as a critic or radio host, you sort of come to feel like it's part of what you do. You know, it's part of your career. It's part of your focus. So you feel like, yeah, you know, I might've started out as a guest, but I'm really a part of it now. And sometimes you do that even unconsciously. You just let yourself get a little too familiar and that's very dangerous. Yeah. But guess what? Yeah, because um, here's the deal. I don't have the vitriol that you know Twitter has, because you know I don't I don't have any real passion you know regarding it one way or another. But you know I find you know like I chuckled like I don't more so at how Rosenberg responded to the response. Welcome to like my world Rosenberg (laughs) like like that we've done everything 
in this country, in this space, to be seen as just an American. And we keep being reminded over and over again that no, you people are special. Mm -hmm. You're black. (laughs) Right? No matter what we do, we fight in the wars, we build it, we we sing, we everything, we're always we're the most patriotic people maybe in this country. And we keep getting reminded no exceptional yeah you guys are black so i can't feel you know what he wants me to feel in this moment because he's offended by a lyric and no one's kind of jumping to his defense because if it's about the lyric itself that's fine and like i said i don't have any issue with him being um offended and i hope that they have a conversation to figure out what but if it's about hey i'm rosenberg and i should be you should shoot me some bail because of all that i've done it don't that doesn't matter (laughs) it doesn't matter because that's not the way it works in the larger society so the mere fact that you're you know a jewish guy who's been an ally for hip-hop you, you're still a guest in hip hop, and so we're back to this idea of who gets to speak on what, right? And, who gets to and express it's a real? And it's a real, it's a real, it's a real yeah. conversation. It's a real conversation. I think the respect he is due is the conversation. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I wouldn't have said, you know, oh fuck you, Rosenberg. Who cares what you think? That's not my stance. Yeah, I think he deserves a conversation, but. You know, am I sitting here like, oh, man, poor Rosenberg? No. (laughs) No, it'll be all right. Yeah, I mean, I'm a little torn, honest. I could, I would imagine, and I I think you should be. That's why I'm, I'm, I'm glad we, I'm glad we have kind of something that we've been discussing Mm. for so, for so many episodes. I'm glad now that there's like real world, because this is different than the Eminem it is um, Lord Jamar thing, right? This is different. This, this is, is it's connected, but it's different. Yes, this is a individual who is hip hop mm. for all intents purposes, saying in hip hop mm. that something is problematic to him, and I, I'm guessing not receiving the response that he was expecting to receive sure based on what he feels he has done he wanted support as you said yeah yeah i mean i am torn on this and for the record i'm not jewish um and i'm painfully ignorant about judaism as i think a lot of americans are um you know i grew up going to a southern baptist church and uh i know very little about what it means to be jewish in america Mm. Um, to the point that I do find myself a little bit lost in these conversations. I'm much more comfortable with the rare instances that you hear a hip hop artist throw in a criticism, like a blanket criticism of white folks. Right. That doesn't bother me. Um, and you know, again, those are rare. Um, but when I hear something that smacks 
acts of anti-Semitism or when that's called to my attention, hey, this phrase is problematic, I tend to stop and listen because I just don't know enough about it. Yeah. And I'm thinking too of Mark Lamont Hill last year. Yeah, big trouble. Big trouble. He's a temple professor, um, author, scholar, CNN pundit until then. <laughs> they, they dropped him right off of that. Yeah. He had used the phrase from the river to the sea. Yes. In his, and, in his support of... Um, the Palestine state in his support of Palestinians. Yeah. And I did not know enough to know that that phrase was problematic. Just like synagogues of Satan. I didn't know the context. I didn't right. know where it came from. Right. Apparently it was a phrase that was embraced by the PLO, the Palestinian Correct. liberation organization. Correct. Correct. Back in 1964 from the river to the sea. And I didn't know that. Right. I, that was my first time learning about that as well. Yeah, it is. Listen, yeah, Israel is a very loaded mm-hmm. <laughs> and heavy conversation topic, country, nation, the origins of it, the continuing of it. It is a very heavy um, thing, not mm-hmm. and not something that I don't think should be approached on either side without heavy facts that really haven't studied the hell out of it. yeah and i've I, and i haven't studied at all or, no. excuse me i should say enough um i could have a casual conversation with you mm-hmm. and uh or maybe you know another other friends of mine and i could give an opinion but i wouldn't crack the airwaves mm-hmm. <laughs> and oh sure to ever speak you know to be um loosely about that situation because it is it is very heavy um i will say hey you know love to the people mm. of palestine and um you know because the struggle is the struggle but um yeah i i, I wouldn't you know and i so i would i'm interested because I, and I don't think it's going to happen, but I'm interested. Um, I want Rosenberg to have that conversation, to get that conversation. If, if not from um, Jay Electronica, because I would rather him have it with um, like Minister um, Nuri Muhammad from the Nation of Islam or, or, or one of the other brothers like uh, Ariza Islam or one of the brothers that I know is like on what they would say on post, you know what I mean? Just like kind of in the nation, a minister doing, you know, their work. Jay Electronica is, you know, a member of the nation of Islam, but I don't know that he's on post. You know what I mean? And I don't know that man. I don't know what he does, but I mean, he, you know, if he says just had a shot at say on the album in the, Ace of Spade is porn. That's not on your post. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's not what the brothers do. So I would rather, I would rather him facilitate a conversation with a um, with someone a little more scholarly, and they can give their exact, um, you know, 
theory on the synagogue of Satan and what that means to them. I would love, I would love that conversation. I would love. And that conversation conversation is definitely missing. I mean, there's number one, there's just not a lot of Jewish voices in hip hop. Well, Um, at least speaking on these issues, right? Pushing buttons. Sure. Yeah. Speaking. Not so much. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There was an old article called some of the biggest names in hip hop are Jewish, just not the ones on stage. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. The name of that author escapes me, but this is like early two thousands. This article came out Um, in a journal called Hebe, the new Jew review. (laughs) That's where I found this one. Oh, okay. Um, (laughs) It was, it was kind of an interesting take, kind of, you know, a a jokier, more lighthearted take, but that conversation needs to happen because from what I know of the world, anytime you've got two groups that don't seem to quite connect and have this kind of conversation, there's probably some larger societal force pitting those groups against each other rather than bringing them together. Mm -hmm. And, And, you know, where I'm coming from too is, you know, the way I grew up in the place I grew up, I spent a lot of years sort of disregarding when somebody said that something offended them. You know, the, whether that was a woman, whether that was a person with a disability, uh, whether that was a person of color. Um, it was just kind of the culture of the place I grew up that you just kind of laughed it off. Oh, you got your feelings hurt. Ah, ha, ha. Right. Um, so I grew up hearing a lot of that. So today I've swung further to the other side where if somebody says they're offended, I really want to give some credence to that and think about, okay, so what was it? You know, what was it that that sounded wrong, struck the wrong note about that phrase to you? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I agree. I agree. And I think What becomes problematic is that in this day and age, we, um, when we jump outside, right? When we jump out mm-hmm. and do the like, I'm tweeting, I'm expressing, I'm, it leads way to a lot of this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So in other words, um, we, uh, we put this podcast out, someone misinterprets something that I said this is someone who's a colleague of mine or even a friend. They don't reach out to me and say, hey, I need clarification on that thing you said last Tuesday. Yeah. Um, struck me the wrong way. They go immediately on their platform yeah. and they say, listening to a guest in the house podcast, not really feeling what Trom said about the synagogue of Satan. I don't think he was sensitive enough. Mm. Okay. You, now you could say, well, you, your form was public. So I responded in public. Okay, cool. Sure. But I don't know that that based on how I respond, then it can go a number of ways. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to us kind of having the conversation between the two of us and you getting clarity on what I was saying from the door. And then you don't have to go live, right? <laughs> you could just go, uh, right. or you could go live and say, hmm, miss, you know, 
initially felt a way about what, what Trom said on the podcast, chopped it up with him, all is good. Yeah. But when you just say, I'm offended, I'm taken off, then the person goes, oh, you're full of shit. You're just trying to, you know, make news. Oh, yeah. Because you know and, what it is. And often even watching a public figure like lose a job or lose a CNN position, it feels like, well, there you go, problem solved. But in a lot of ways, there's almost a knee-jerk reaction the other direction. People say, man, you know, I, I'm really going to double down on that now if that attitude is so powerful. People are losing their jobs over it. I think that's unfair. You know, I want to double down and really dig into these entrenched values and stereotypes. Yeah. And I remember when Don Imus in back in 2007 referred to the Rutgers women's basketball team as nappy headed hoes. I remember that. I remember having to explain to a couple of older white professors why that term would ring with such offense or why that term might cause such offense. Mm-hmm. Um, and they simply weren't aware, you know, what, what could that, what would be the connotations of calling someone that? Why would that be such a horrible thing? Why would that be loaded with racism or classism? Good mix of both. Right. Right. And you know, the thing is though, I mean, and then you know, it's tough because you know, that also then the freedom of speech thing, versus the watch what you say thing yeah. becomes um, kind of tricky, right? I'm from a space of let them say it. Mm. Let them get punched in the face. You know, I just, you know, I guess that's my upbringing. Like, oh no, let them say it. Mm. Let them feel the consequences of him saying it. I'm not a block any room from speaking kind of guy, but I'm not. I'm for, um, you know, justice, um, whether that be <laughs> street or, you know what I mean? Like you get what you, you get what's coming to you. Sure. you know saying so, um, but I like, even with the Don Imus thing, I didn't, I was like, well, and Hey, listen, we could say fire him. He gets a, he gets a severance. He gets like, you know, we're not, we're not doing any real harm to these guys, whether it's yeah. Donald Sterling or, or Don Imus, we're not doing any harm to these guys, you know, you, you get to sell your team and make a billion dollars. I don't, that's, that's your punishment. But people kind of feel like, well, justice has been served. Yeah. Walk away. Problem solved. Yeah. Yeah. You know, now nobody will ever do it again, (laughs) but I think it does have the opposite effect a lot of times. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Now, I mean, we're, we're on a roll here, I guess by virtue of us being locked down here. um, (laughs) Yeah. quarantine well i don't want to say quarantine because then quarantine might yeah you're not sick you're just i'm not sick i'm just playing the crib close as they say (laughs) um so we're going to end this (laughs) wrap these up do you want to do you have any rhymes for us um you know what i'm gonna find something um because I completely forgot. It's been, it's very weird. It's very strange times. <laughs> um, I should have wrote like a quarantine rhyme. That would have been super dope. Um, you only had a week so far. Yeah, I know. I, I know. It's, it's been a, it's been a strange week. Um, I don't know. Do you have something to read while I think? Yeah. Let me pull some. Out. Perfect. 
So this is just a little tidbit that I'll start with. I'm not going to read too much. This is just a little bit of my most recent book, A Guest in the House of Hip Hop. Um, and it goes to, I think, Rosenberg's comments about groups and who's allowed to say what. Um, so this is Kanye West. Mm. Please do not comment on black music anymore. Kanye West asked every white publication, that's his term, back in 2016. He continued, I love, love, love white people, but you don't understand what it means to be the great-grandson of ex-slaves and make it this far. White publications in West's definition included Pitchfork, Rolling Stone, and the New York Times, each of whom he called out by name. But almost defiantly, sooner than six months after West's statement, the New York Times ran an article that said hip-hop had entered an era in which white rappers could fare just fine without the approval of black stars. John Karamanica's White Rappers Clear of a Black Planet claimed that a new wave of white rappers like g Easy, Mike Studd, and Lil Dicky were finding paths to success that have little, if anything, to do with black acceptance. This article by a white writer included not one black voice. Karamanica's title played off Public Enemy's seminal 1990 album, Fear of a Black Planet which dealt head-on with white supremacy and institutional racism, topics barely mentioned in Karamanica's article, which 26 years later suggested that white rappers were finally free and clear of the reach of such issues. Clear at last, white people can finally rap and write about hip-hop without the burden of this country's history of race relations. That is, if you ignore what black rappers said. If you ignored Lord Jamar calling white rappers guests in the house of hip-hop, if you ignored J. Cole and Vince Staples commenting on a white appropriation in their lyrics, if you ignored Kanye West telling the New York Times to stop writing about hip-hop. So I think that little clip speaks to the idea of groups and who's welcome to comment on what. And I wonder if some of that in-group and out-group might have been in Rosenberg's head when he first made the comment about the lyric. Um, you know, judging from what he said in his defense of it later, I wonder if he was thinking that the, even the phrase synagogues, synagogues of Satan, shouldn't really come out of a non-Jewish mouth. Mm. That is something to think about. That is something to think about. I mean, the, um, and just, you know, I, is it dangerous speak in this place and time, you know, to, to, mm -hmm. to, um, to equate or to link say, Satan with synagogue, you know what I mean? And, and, and I guess what that automatically conjures up perhaps in the brains of some who might be led to mm -hmm. um, do some harm. And how many people who hear it are going to seek out the original source and content. Correct. Correct. So I, you know, I could understand. I understand why he feels it's reckless talk, mm. um, but I also find it a bit curious the timing, um, and I find it a bit curious that he would take that up with a known member of the Nation of Islam because it's not like I said. I think Rosenberg knows enough to know that that's not. There's no secret in that. But let me um let me see what I got here. Go um born in the 70s, but still bust a move like a young MC. What can I say? Good dungarees, jeans, clean living, esteem driven on the scene, cause I seen something missing. 
It's that new diction, slang editorial, memorial for any MC going toe-to-toe. Blow for blow to flow, smoking Joe Frazier major. Pen float across the paper like it's vapor neighbor. Ghost ride, I'm co-signed by no guy. This courtesy of the most high like bow ties. Bean pies, final calls. Back at it like spinal cords. I am Lord, write classics when I am bored. Burn something, smoke louder than a lion roar. King of the jungle with a bundle of this jazz hop. Gaston and Diggs, we got it padlocked. Got through it. Got through mm, it. Nice. You know what happens, man, is just points in times where the, the rhyme schemes are a lot more complex yep. than others. And then, you know, when you revisit that as an older guy, you're like, what a guy. I don't rhyme like that anymore. That's all acapellas <laughs> do, you know, without the beat, that's gotta feel different. With no phone in my hand, that's yeah, completely just me going in the archives and coming up with stuff. So, um, Man, I want to sign off and go read some Jewish history, man. I need to know much they, more about they, this. They both need to do that. Yeah. all right um you know live from lockdown guests in the house nothing but time on our hands we see you yeah 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 we can keep doing this all right see you next time